Welcome to Unpeeled, where we peel back the layers to get to the core of the story. This is Shannon Peel, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. Welcome to Unpeeled. In this episode, we're going back and talking with Benny Doro. So when I talk with people, a conversation can last an hour to two hours, and I break up the conversation into smaller segments for Unpeeled. And in this segment, Benny is talking about his experience creating internet companies and then going into the investment world of Wall Street, New York. He has done so many different things. Uh, He is a serial entrepreneur. He's had his fingers in various different industries. So let's visit Benny back at his super kitchen and find out about more about his entrepreneurial spirit and his success. The internet business. What did you do after that? Because you don't stop. So after the internet business, uh, we we'd gone through some challenges, uh, and so we ended up selling it. This is, I think, around. Yeah, 2000 or so. Right before the nice little dot-com turn. Right. So we were fine. So, mm-hmm. And I had started a couple of companies along the way. I had an internet advertising agency, which I took to, to New York. So we had a New York office. And I was also doing some of the first digital publishing with a company called Sterling McFadden. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine who I, I don't see as often as I should. I haven't seen him for a long time. Alan Toller. His uh, father was one of the founders of it. Uh, they're they're responsible for Tiger Beat, Sixteen Magazine, really Black Beat, uh, Metal Edge, <laughs> I grew Metal up Mania, on some of those. Right, uh, True True Romance. Oh magazine. yeah, I remember. Oh man, I read right. that all the time. So I grew up with those magazines, and now I'm partners with the son whose father it's his company. I call Sterling McFadden. So the fact that I was I actually had ownership of the digital part of this, and we were pioneers of what we did. You know, I'd go back home to visit once in a while and said, remember those magazines? Yeah, I have the digital side of it, right? And we go online. Nobody had ever done that before. So we put the magazines online, charge subscriptions. And you know, his father was old school. He was like, I can't believe this is actually working, right? Yeah. And we'd have the editors update stuff automatically. We'd written scripts for that. It never ever happened before. So we kind of kind of pioneered that. But so, so it was one of, the, one of the projects that I did when I was in New York City. And I, I, I fell in love with New York City. Mm-hmm. Mostly, you know, Times Square is nice. Lots of lights. There's lots of buildings around, but really, what made the place special was the people. Right? The so, people. The people. So it took some of my experience and you know some of the success that I had made, and I parked it there, and mm-hmm. decided building companies and build employees. I'm kind of I think I'm past that now, right? Let's try something new. So we started getting into investing and taking companies public and creating vehicles to do that, and raising the capital and consulting. So we did that for a time, right? That's in itself a big thing that a lot of people want to do but don't know how to do. How did you get go from, you went from digital publishing to investing? How did you go, Well, how did you get into that? I want to back it up a little bit to the company that was uh, the gaming company that we yep. had. And we, we created gaming technology. We didn't run any casinos or like that. We just created technology for it. As we were growing, we wanted to raise more money and, and we needed to bring in some more shareholders. So we decided to take ourselves public. 
on the NASDAQ, but nobody really knew anything about that. So we hired some consultants who came in and, you know, guys in suits and ties that we pay a lot of money to. And they started doing all the paperwork and we, mm -hmm. we watched how this took place. So the company went from at a five cent stock to climbing all the way to $27 wow. per share, right? So we were worth half a billion dollars at one time in that particular company. But we, I kept an eye on how this was taking place. And I realized, you know, it's just a process like anything else. So yeah. I learned it and decided this was, this looked pretty fun, right? It, was a, it, could be, it can be lucrative at times if you get it right. If you're, you can be part of the deal or you can just get a deal there and be paid for that. I thought that was fun. Dinners, a lot of drinks. That's what happens in that world. It's about relationships and building. It's all about relationships, right? And, and you know, the fact that, we, that I spent so much time in New York and continue to do business, you, know, you really got to do it right there. If you do it right, wrong once, you're, you won't be invited back to do it. So you got to get it done right the first yeah. time. Hopefully. Hopefully. You make Hopefully. some mistakes. If you make mistakes, you know, own up to them and you know, you'll be given another chance. Okay. What is the difference between, well, doing business in New York and doing business here? What's the biggest difference? It's black and white, really. Yeah? Yeah. It's tough to do business here in Vancouver. It's not very business friendly. New York, right, people move fast. People do what they say they're going to do. There's lots of resources to get things done. It's 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 a completely different world. The, the two have nothing in common with each other. Now you've jumped from investments and in, in doing the investment world and taking companies public. Now you jump from that to starting another company with lots of employees and really big dreams. When it comes to all your foods, why food and why this business? Well, foods have always been in my my blood and my family uh, on a professional level, right, right right from my father's nightclub, which was a full-fledged restaurant as well, uh, to just loving to cook, to understanding food, also loving the culture that food brings. So, you know, I've, I've had cafes and food trucks for fun, right, which turned out not to be fun because they're a lot of work. I thought never again. I've been involved in lots of technology. We've had technology companies that do banking software and automate things. And when I saw what was taking place with food and the internet, I saw a, a, a brand new door that opened it. It's kind of like the Wild West, mm -hmm. right? People's tastes are changing. You know, people used to stay home and cook, but now food is like a kaleidoscope of flavors and looks, right? And smells where it's hard to get that at home. So a lot of people now want the experience. They're going to restaurants more, or they're now starting to order in. Yes. Right? People don't want to cook anymore. The new kids don't even know how to put air in their tires, never mind, <laughs> you know, hard boil an egg you know, without getting the green ring around the yolk. <laughs> yeah, no. by the way, cold water, eggs in, bring to boil, take off 14 minutes, cold water, perfect every time. <laughs> I, okay, I'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, it was more of a, you know, I saw technology that was going to run, run and it allows us to scale to... You know, as big as a company could go, whether it's going to be meals on demand, catering, or home delivery of pre-made meals that we make on site, what's on a membership, which is no different than Netflix. That was a great business model mm -hmm. because in the restaurant world, you have to buy everything and hope that people come and purchase it. Yep. In our world, they purchase it first, we get the money, then we buy it, then we make it, then we send it. 
And it's better than frozen food. It's better than frozen food? Well, better than frozen food at a supermarket yeah. with a name brand on it that could be very inexpensive with a list of ingredients look like from an encyclopedia. Right. Everything so that we do is made from scratch, right? It's meals that are meant to travel. Yeah. They're meant to be you know, in your fridge and heated up and it's not, you're not gonna find yam fries on our menu. You're not gonna find you know, fish and chips. You're gonna find good meals. Yes, you're gonna find stuff that's comforting, that, that also holds well. You know, if you're really gonna get like a freshly made salad, you need to go out and get that, right? Mm -hmm. But if you want like a great mac and cheese or vegetarian lasagna or a chicken stir fry, uh, and this, the list goes on and on and on. You know, we're engineering those dishes to be made in the thousands and great. That's good, and you got big plans for this. Yeah, well, there's no shortage of where this can go. There's no shortage of people that need to be fed in the industries these days too. And what's happening in like the office building world is office managers are realizing, hmm, when people go out to eat, they're not at their desk anymore. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can incentivize them to stay in and eat. So some offices are figuring the math that, you know what, if I pay for lunch, that's fifteen dollars a person. I'm going to get forty-five, fifty dollars, sixty dollars a work out of them. They'll be happier. They get, a, but the food better be good. It better be restaurant quality food. It better be hot. Better be hot. Better be good. Better be interesting. And better have variety. And I'll keep them in the office. They'll be happy to stay. Mm -hmm. And it'll be win-win for everybody. Yeah. So that's exploded in the snack market, the ready meals, the markets. We do lunch for you know, movie sets, production houses have a lot of people. Lawyers' office have a lot of people. They all have to eat, yep. right? Unless it's an important meeting, a lot of them are happy just to not leave the office and have something good. So that business has everywhere to go. It's the the rocket's just taken off, and the moon is really the, just the first stop. Okay, you're taking this public. Like the reason we're going public, and the company's cash flow positive, mm -hmm. is that I don't like to pay for things with cash. So if there's a company that says, look over here, we're tired of working so hard, we can't get ourselves any further. We could use some help, maybe, you know, buy us. Well, if you've done well, you have some money in the bank, maybe stock will be something that you'd be looking at as currency. It allows us to start doing deals and picking up companies for stock instead of cash out of the bank. So it's it's a better upside for, for those selling and it keeps our cash reserves strong and it also creates more excitement in the market, right? You are always dreaming big. This is, is this gonna be the last thing or are you? No, you can never stop, right? What, again, once we achieve what we wanna achieve with this, dream is a weird word, right? I guess yeah. sometimes I just dreamed my life would be what I want it to be. That's my dream. So these are sort of like chapters of it. So what's the next, what's the next chapter, right, that I'm gonna do? So as we're growing this company, maybe something will come around the corner that will also pique our interest and maybe related, maybe not, that will springboard to that. Maybe we'll do something interesting in the music section sector mm -hmm. again, you know? So you, how do you always stay open to opportunity? You just stay open to opportunities. Don't close your mind, right? When I drive to work or I'm walking to work, I try and take a different way every day to be engaged. And you never know what's gonna be around that corner that I didn't take yesterday. Maybe a chance meeting, maybe I'll bump into somebody, somebody will yell at me, call me a name. <laughs> maybe I'll get a free thing of toothpaste. I'll meet somebody who, who said, you know, you, you look familiar, you know, you guys are the guys who do the meal delivery. Yeah, well, I'd like to talk to you. And that's happened, right? Okay. Um, so it's all about being in the moment, being open to possibility, 
and not settling and staying in one place. Yeah, I mean, basically it's like retirement, which is horizontal in a box with a lily, right? We're not, you know, we're not really built for that, right? You stop moving, that's where you're gonna head, right? Yeah. I look at the, the world like this and I, I have a lot of friends I haven't seen for a while. When, they, when we get together, they look at me and they say, you know, I've spent a little time with you now and you really have changed. Like, I don't really know who you are anymore. Like, you know, the worlds are just so different. I said, well, you know, you think about it, a lot of things are changing in this world are moving, but you haven't done much since we've last talked. So right. I'm on the escalator of life, keeping up with the escalator moving and you're standing still. Maybe it's you that's moving away from me. You get their job, they stay in their job, they have their family. They just do the same thing over and over again. Instead of saying, okay, I'm looking for the next dream. The more you change, the more you stay the same. So you work a lot and your whole life has been focused on working and but I don't have a job and I don't really work. No, but you, you're focused it's on- It's righteous your, work. It's righteous work. <laughs> but you know, you don't have kids nope. like, that you know of. <laughs> no, although I mean, many years ago, management office would receive letters. <laughs> Saying that you had a few. <laughs> little little Benny's six sent money for a trike. You know, wanted to tuna fish Wyoming. And of course we'd say it never happened. Yeah. Probably never did. You've been focused on your career. You've been focused on... It's not a career. Not a career? No. It's just a life? This this is my life. Mm-hmm. Everything I do, right? Okay, I'll give you an example. So today, okay. today is my birthday. Yes, it is. And I don't really care about that. I know. I said happy birthday and you said don't go there. Because today, even though I'm at our super kitchen, we had a couple men down and we had a couple of opportunities come up for the company, mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy to be here making food and not making it with people who I don't want to make it with, with competent people and pulling off something that maybe we couldn't have pulled off today. I get to make food. I'm surrounded. I got music here. Yeah. There's good people. I don't know. It seemed like a pretty good day to me. Birthday or not, what does it matter? Right? Lucky me. Yeah. So it's, this is whatever, whatever. It's my life. Right? And that's, that's what you should, people should design things that way. I, I hate the weekend. I couldn't imagine when somebody says, "Ah, oh, it's Friday, thank God." I'm like, "Holy crap, shoot me!" Yeah. Like, if that's how I don't it even was, know what to do on the weekend. Right? You know, holidays are are a pain because you can't find business people. They're off on vacation or they're off taking the time up, which is good because it gives me more time to get ahead. Because you're focused on something else besides going away for holidays. But I like the fact that you view this as life. This, you view this as just living your life. This how You're on life. an adventure. Yeah, whole thing. And that's a common trait in people who do get ahead, as you said, and do have lives that are interesting. They view their life as an, as an adventure. Yeah, and every day as something amazing. Yeah, so what's the coolest thing we can do today with ourselves, right? Well, nothing is important is compromise is a tough one, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to give up half of something that you like to get half of something you don't like, you know, that's going to impact your day and what you're doing. And sometimes, you know, balance isn't a word that's going to apply really ever. Think of some of the great athletes out there. There's no balance in their life. They're too busy working out and working on their craft and their, their skill, right? You know, people who are spending time in the office or trying to get a better way to do their business or spending time with their employees or doing what I'm doing today. I mean, I started early today, right? Yeah. I'll probably go late and I have no problem doing what I'm doing today. I've seen you wash dishes. 
Sure. Yeah. You, you do what needs to be done. That's true. And you have gotten there, like everything from being on stage to owning this company and whatever tomorrow brings. Yeah. Who knows, right? Some of it's event, some of it's pre-planned, mm -hmm. and some of it is a surprise, which is great. It should always have some element of that, right? How boring would it be to know what's around the corner all the time? I mean, you're, you live life on your own terms. Mostly, yeah. And I'll tell you who the bosses are. Who's the, who are the bosses? The, the bosses are the, the, the people that we do what we do for. So in music, it's the fans. Mm -hmm. In in food, it's the people who are buying the food. You know, the fans and the customers, which are the same, because mm -hmm. you'd be fans of the food, right? Believe you me, go to Cheesecake Factory and look at people spending two hours to get in and eat. They're fans of that place. Yeah. That's a fan, right? They're, the, they're kings. Mm -hmm. They are they are the bosses. We do this for their approval, right? It's it's one thing to, to make music and give it to your friend, and they go, this is a great song. It's nothing to make a lasagna and give it to your friend and go, this is the best lasagna ever. Now attach $20 to that and see what they say. I gotta pay 20 bucks for this? You know, I can get a better lasagna at the pizza place. Aha, now we're getting right? Yeah. Right, oh, that song you want me to pay for? I thought you were giving it to me. Uh, right. Hey, why'd you come see my band play? It's only $25 to get in. $25, eh. So if you got a great stage show, it's like, you know what, I have to be there. You know what? How much is that lasagna? It could be $30. We have to have it. The family loves it. That's what we do this for. I like that. I really like that. That's because you're, it's not about presenting your average. It's about presenting the best product possible. The customer is king. You know, whether whether it's, it's, it's music, doing artistic things. I mean, if I was going to paint the Sistine Chapel, I'd do it with a roller. Right. <laughs> I want to I want to reach a lot of people. Yeah. Right. I don't want to play high level jazz to a small group of people that understand that kind of music. I don't want to you know, make super fancy Ponzi restaurant food, which I do know how to do for an elite group of people are to come to a you know, Michelin star restaurant that I, I worked at or was associated with. Not that I ever had a Michelin star restaurant. But point being is I don't want a few hundred people enjoy my food or what we do. I want to make millions of people enjoy it. So that everybody can can participate and enjoy whether we're making butter chicken or a pastrami sandwich or a soup or a chili that we found ways to get that out to people so it's everybody can afford it mm -hmm. everybody can experience it enjoy it and also most importantly hopefully enjoy it together well what i really like is the fact that you've been a rock star you've been a internet company executive you've been in the advertising you've been in magazines and now you're doing this, you are at a level that most people would look up to and go, oh, wow, that's Benny. Like, But you are so down to earth. You have no ego. Again, I'm, I'm pleased when they like our products. They love our music. We want to put on a good performance, right? If I'm losing weight to go on stage, it's so I can look my best, not to be like sex symbol or anything like that. You just want to do the best for your audience. That's sort of the approach. Same with the food, right? Same with all of that. It's the most important that they're they're pleased with what they get. Whatever it is, whether you're the product mm -hmm. or you're making a product. Yeah, but it's, you're so down to earth and approachable. And you're not sitting there going, hey, look at what I did. Look what I did. These are just great stories of things that you've done. But you're 
so humble about them. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, a lot of people will make a lot of noise to try and get attention, mm-hmm. right? But I think you just do great things and do good things that, if, that make people's lives better, the, the attention will come to you. Yeah, it does. And it's, Your life it, is an example of that. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. When I was younger, we were looking out, looking for attention, and you kind of do. But as you get older, you know, it's it it finds it's a different place, and you start respecting people that are in your life that have admiration for you. Instead of like, hey, I'm a I'm the greatest guitar player. I'm a, you know I have the best hair. I'm a rock star. You know, you kind of get more like you know I have a responsibility to make sure that if people like what we're doing or enjoy who I am, that I can be that best version and represent myself. And for those people, so you don't become someone who's cringeworthy, right? Yeah. You know, if I had kids, that they could be proud to say, like read a book about myself, who I am, or talk about me at school, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully, you know, you live your life that way. It's easy to be an asshole. Right? Yes. Right? But I've seen you here with your employees, and you are so easygoing. You're so approachable, and they enjoy being here, and they enjoy working with you. Yeah, well, you know, it's like one of those things where it looks good because you're seeing the good, right? Mm-hmm. Just like back in the day, people used to say we were we were pretty popular with the girls, mm-hmm. so they used to say, "Oh, you just you get all the girls you want." No, I get just all, all the girls who want me. You're seeing people here who want to be here. Right. There's a lot of people who did not want to be here, and you know, some of it was amicable splits, and some of it, you know. Could, can, can be a little testy, mm-hmm. right? So you, know, you want to weed it out so you have a well-oiled machine in your company working. And not everybody's meant to fit in that, that, that sprocket. You're seeing the good stuff and, and we've got it there, but it wasn't always like that. It's not always going to be like that in any situation. Mm-hmm. I want to know about your friends back in the day when you said, I'm going to be getting the tape and then they're calling me. Right. When they finally saw that this was real, and that you were actually going to be on the stage. What did they say? The day the day it became real, because I was the only one that was talking to him. Yeah. So finally, I said, Paul, nobody believes this is happening. Yeah. You know, typical small-minded. They don't. They would never do what you did. But what do we need to do? Because eventually, we ended up working with him in the studio. Right? Mm-hmm. But before that, he says, Listen, let's arrange a phone call, get them all in the room, and I'll talk to them all. Yeah. So I got them all to the, my parents' house. I said, Okay. It's, I remember seven o'clock. He's in L.A. We're calling Paul Stanley. He's going to talk to each one. And they're like, sure. Yep. Right, yeah. So we're all having a couple of drinks and snacks. Yeah. So I guess that big call's coming up soon, huh? And they figure, like, who's he get, Who's he got to get on the phone call, right? Yeah. The phone rings. Pick it up. Hey, Paul. Great. Yeah, the guys are here. Sure. The first guy is going to be, his name's Tim. I'm going to hand you the phone. He's the bass player. Right. Okay. Here you go. Tim, Paul Stanley. <laughs> yeah. So who's this? <laughs> and the voice came through, and there's yeah. no voice like his. Yeah. And you just watched. It looked like he just got punched in the gut. He just had nothing to say other than, I'm just honored to talk to you. Here's the drummer. <laughs> and the drummer was just like, hello? <laughs> so after that whole round, of, he, he, he got, the phone got back to me, and he goes, well... Did we achieve what we wanted to? I said, I think so. Thanks, Paul. And hung up, and those guys had nothing to say. Yeah. Not a thing. They all did a couple of shots of something and just walked out and said, I can't believe I just spoke to Paul Stanley. Right? Well, that really says something because when they didn't believe, 
and this is across the board, right? When they, when people don't believe in what you're doing, they will say, hey, oh yeah, right, haha, ha, and tell you a million reasons why you're wrong and why your idea isn't sure, any good. Sure, yeah. Misery loves company. But the minute you succeed and the minute you do well or prove to them that it's being done, they're silent and they don't know what to say. Who cares? Who cares what they think before? Who cares what they think after? And that's you know, important. You really can't. You really can't care what other people think, right? Your customers are important because they're what's going to grow your business. They're the ones you want to sell your product or service to. But as far as even your parents, you can't care what they think. Really, if, if you're doing something that you love to do and you can do it on your own and it's not draining your bank account or you're having success, it really doesn't matter what they think. Even when they're happy, that shouldn't matter either. I mean, they should be pleased that they've got a son or daughter who's done something good. Mm-hmm. But really, them coming up and saying, you know, we're proud of your daughter, proud of your son. You know, you really shouldn't look for that kind of sort of approval from them. If you're hunting for that all the time and looking for that, you're always going to be let down. Mm-hmm. And that's really the wrong reason to do it. When people say, I'm doing this for my parents, or, or even, you know, I'm doing this for my wife, or I'm doing this for my family, that's admirable. But really, if you get it done for yourself first, the rest will come. Everybody will be looked after. Have you been single this whole time? No, I mean, married, No, single. never been married. Never been married. No. So you've been able to f- do all of this and focus. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, I made a decision a long time ago, right? That's. I never wanted to have a, this is my girlfriend, this is my boyfriend. I don't want to be owned by anybody. Oh, I didn't yeah. want to own anybody either. These days, men and women don't need each other. No, they don't. So... They both can achieve no matter what's going on out there. I don't understand the difference between men and women in jobs, anyways. If the job pays 20 bucks, it's 20 bucks to whoever is it cable to love it, right? Mm-hmm. Do your thing. And find that thing that is for you. That gets you up every day. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, and it makes you happy. It's all, all it counts, right? So, what gets you up every day? Every day is like Christmas to me. Okay. Right? I can't, like, can't wait to come and do what I do. You need to recharge the batteries once in a while, which is usually just good sleep and good food. You know, try and keep the stress to a minimum. But I wake up happy every day. It's my nature. How do you manage stress? I, I, I channel to, I use it to get a solution taken care of. I look at it, everything like a, like a challenge. Mm-hmm. No matter how much adversity is in it, it's a challenge to fix it. And the minute you accept it, you start dealing with it. You've built companies, you've sold them, and you've moved on to other companies. How do you let go of that? How do you let go of that company? Because you built it up, it's yours. But and we're, you just... not, I, we're not married to them. No? Right? And when you start doing that, now you start... You, you ever see those people who go down with the sinking ship? Yep. And they get one more loan and hoping that doing the same thing is going to achieve a different result so they can keep their hardware store or flower shop or small consulting business but it's just not going to happen that that's what happens mm-hmm. right we got to look at things logically the business is changing our environment is changing we're not going to last much longer let's get out of this now and get into something else that we can be successful with right yeah a lot of times the trend is your friend the trend is your friend explain yeah. that well right now what's happening in food we're right at the forefront. We're probably going to be we're pioneers in a way. Yeah. Right? Which we were, were pioneers back in my first company. This is a smart business to be in. The results show that. Mm-hmm. The growth potential shows that. The interest from around us shows that. Mm-hmm. If we got into something else, 
that we've got no attention, but we, we believe this is it. Maybe you're going down the wrong path, right? So as this one grows, we'll continue to, to, to go grow with it until maybe it should be handed off to somebody else and sold to another company. And we can go start something new or... You make a good point in that the numbers show it, this shows it, that shows it. How do you, did you do your research to know that you're doing the right thing? Well, it was pretty obvious for, for what, what we're doing right now. Food, that's just everywhere. So it's usually... But what about other things? Other, yeah, other options? Other options? Other times that you've been... Like when you went to the internet, how did you know that that was a thing? Or when you put the magazines on the digital, how did you know that was the thing? People wanted it. We knew that. Yeah, we didn't go, we didn't go trying to reinvent the wheel. There was a wheel already there. We just tried to do a new, different angle of it. So. so you were able to see trends as they were coming up? Yeah. Keep your eyes open, watch the world, listen to people, see what they need. Try and fix a problem, provide a solution. Well, you probably do okay. We provide a solution with food delivery mm-hmm. and what we do with food and our technology. You make a good point, though, about keeping your eyes open, listening to people, and not just putting your head in the sand and, or thinking that, oh, this is a good idea yeah. because it's what I think or what I want. Well, sometimes that works, but really do your research and make sure there's an audience out there who are willing to spend for what your idea is. Yeah. Right? And don't, uh, you know, don't try and get blood out of a stone. Right? There's lots of different opportunities out there. Find one that's going to work. Don't go after the girl or the boy who, who doesn't like you. You're not going to get them. Okay? Get the one who's already winked at you yeah. and said, you know what? Come on over. Yeah. I'd uh, probably close it with that. I think we're going to close it with that. <laughs> I like that. Thank you so much. Interesting character, isn't he? So this is Shannon again, of course. And, you know, if there's one thing I want you to take from this podcast it's Benny's drive to do whatever he wanted he had a dream and he figured it out it's that simple he didn't go to school he didn't get a degree he just said I want to do that and he figured out how to do it and he figured it out at a time when information wasn't as easily accessible as it is today So what's holding you back from achieving your dreams? If you see something that you want to do and you haven't done it, what's holding you back? Do you think you need a degree? Do you think you need some sort of formal education to have permission in order to branch out into that industry? Or do you just not have any idea how to even start? Well, because of the internet, and all the ways that we can meet people that we would have no way of meeting in the real world, you have no excuse. All you have to do is figure it out. You know, when I ran a daycare long time ago when my kids were little, I could always tell the kids that came in to uh, my daycare from institutionalized daycares and the ones that didn't. And the biggest difference was the ones that came from an institutionalized daycare would come up to me constantly asking me, how do I do this? How do I do that? What's next? What do I do now? Because they needed to be told every step of the way where my answer was always figure it out, figure it out, try to figure it out. If you can figure it out, great. If you can't figure it out after you've tried, then I'll help you. I raised my kids this way and You know, it was great when they were little because they were like 
figuring all this stuff out. They learned how to entertain each other, entertain themselves, how to teach each other and be there for each other. But when they got older, it kind of backfired in that my son had no fear. He was like, hey, I want to know what would happen if one day we live right near the U.S.-Canada border and there is no wall between the Canada and U.S. border. There aren't even any real signs. And yet there's neighborhoods that back up onto each other. So he's just walking along the neighborhood. We've had a little bit of a fight. And he's looking around going, how would they know if I jumped it? How would they know that I'm here? So he figured it out. Yes, he jumped the border. Yes, he did get arrested. Yes, they did keep him and interrogate him. Thankfully, this was during the Obama administration and not the Trump administration. So I did get him back eight hours later. But that's what I wanted to establish in my children, not to break the law, but to be curious and to try to figure things out. Like, hey, if I do this, what would happen? You know, my son is quite the entrepreneurial uh, mind. He's, you know, he's figuring out life as a 20 year old and he's figuring out what he wants to be. It's just so amazing watching him. And my daughter, you know, she's very independent and takes care of herself and, you know, is very do itself. doesn't want any help. Do itself was her first words, actually. Her first phrase was do itself. And the minute she said that, I knew I was in trouble because there was no help in that girl and no change in her mind once she got it going. And I love that about her. But she still goes out, figures it out. She wants something. She wants something to happen. She finds the support, the programs, everything in order to get what she wants out of life. She doesn't come to me. She comes to me if she really needs help, but rarely does she need help because she is so amazingly resourceful. That is what a lot of people are missing, I think, is they have this dream. They have this idea of what they want to be and what they want to do. They just don't have that, I want to try it. And I got to figure that out for myself. They're waiting for permission. They're waiting for someone to say it's okay or to hire them. I mean, I know that was that's what I was all about. I was more the, you know, got to get the degree, got to do it right, step A, step B, step C. And what I found out is you do step A, step B, and you don't get to step C. Life is not logical. If you want something, you got to go out and get it. And that is what I hope that you have learned from Benny in this in this podcast today. Let me know your thoughts. Utilize the hashtag unpeeled on social media. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud, please give us some stars and share the podcast with your friends if you think that they would learn something from it. This is Shannon Peel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unpeeled. We want to hear from you, so log into that social media account. Use the hashtag unpeeled. And let us know your thoughts about today's podcast.